because I know I have been saved. Can we just thank him for saving us? Can we thank him for the glorious gospel, the baptism in Jesus' name, the infilling of the Holy Ghost? Listen, it's not about the miracles. It's not about the healings. It's just about God. I am thankful that you picked me up out of a miry clay. And God, you set my feet on a solid rock. God, if I die today, I know I'm going to make it to heaven. Thank you. Next one. Every morning, mercy shall what? What does that mean? What does restore mean? He's going to give you back. He's going to restore. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. God, every morning when you get up, mercy will restore what the enemy tried to take the night before. Somewhere in our mind, in our psyche, and in our heart, we got to put that in our spirit somewhere. No matter what I lose, no matter what comes against me, God is going to restore it. It doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world. It may fall, but I am going to proclaim that God is good and he will restore. So if you're here this morning and after the revival, you have been under attack after attack. I want you to stand at your feet this morning and let the enemy know that tactic isn't going to work on me again. I'm not going to lose my joy. I'm not going to lose my word. You might come knocking, but I'm not opening my door. My mind is made up. I am blessed. I'm blessed going in. I'm blessed going out. Wherever I walk, I'm blessed. Don't let the enemy put you back in the bondage. Don't let him put you back in the negative. Why? Because God is doing something great in your midst. No matter what happens. No matter what my bank account looks like. No matter what the doctor says. I told Brother P this morning, we left and we went over to pray with him. Me and Brother Arnell, and I told him, I said, look, man, the devil is a liar. God is going to heal you from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. We're going up. We are the rapture generation. And I believe we're going to all leave this building one way. And that is under the sound of the truth. Trumpet. I believe that God is a healer. I believe that God can do anything. I know the enemy's knocking, but I got news for him today. My door is shut. My door is sealed. Why? Because I know that God is a restorer. And so we heard a lot about during when Brother Johnson was here, he, he talked about prophetic praise. And I began to, God began to deal with me about that a little bit. And uh, what is prophetic praise? What's the purpose of this? Why, why is this necessity? Why, uh, what's all of this about? And God began to deal with me on three things. And so today I'm going to talk to you for a short period of time on three ways that prophetic worship will change your life. Prophetic worship is not worshiping when the drums are going. Prophetic worship is not worshiping when the singers are up here blaring and they're doing a great job. Thank God for great musicians and great singers. But that's not prophetic. Any of us can dance to a beat. But what prophetic worship is, is when all hell has broke loose in my life that I have a word. I ha that's why it's so important every time you come to the house of God that you get a word because I don't want to live on a feeling but what I want to live on is a word. The word of the Lord is I am blessed. The word of the Lord is I am healed. I need a word. Does anybody need a word today? 
I promise you, you'll get it before the end of this service. But what prophetic praise is, is no matter what. Yeah, I'm going to speak it, but God, I'm going to act like it too. I'm not going to let the enemy hinder my worship. Why? Because my worship opens up the portal. Now listen, what makes prophetic worship prophetic? Prophetic simply means that the things that are on God's heart, that are in God's thoughts, and that is in God's intent, and it is in his purpose, are being convened and embraced. When we come through this door, when we are at home, when we are on the job, we can have prophetic worship wherever we at. Why? Because it's simply us being in tune with God and knowing what's on his heart and accomplishing that together. Amen? Prophetic worship also means that God's purpose is being carried out in a worship environment. Do you know that when you come to the house of God or you come, you wake up every morning, brand new, new day, new thing, that every single day God has a purpose? Brother Lance's purpose is different than my purpose. Sister Alex's purpose for that day is different than mine. Every one of us has a different purpose, and God displays that each and every day. But what we've got to do is walk into it and embrace it. One thing I've told our leadership, instead of asking God to do something or asking God to let this be a healing service or let this be that, we need to start just simply believing and saying, God, show us before service time what you want to do in this service. Because, folks... If we get on our mind with what God's purpose is, I don't ever want to get behind this pulpit without being under the purpose of God. I don't want to preach a canned sermon. I don't want to preach something that just sounds pretty and tweaks your ears and gives you a little hope and a little push. I want to be prophetic in the word of God. Why? Because God has a thought and a purpose for this service. And you have got to get it in your mind that this service, God has a purpose for me. God has a purpose for me. John chapter 5 verse 19 says, the son can only do as he sees his father doing. You see, Jesus said in his, of his miracles and his works, you, you can only do it because you see me do it. You know, you see the father do it. Therefore, it can be done in John 5, 19. What he is saying to us today is we have seen miracles. We've had over 45 miracles in this year alone, from the 30 with Brother Kreitz uh, to the revival with Brother Johnson. Do you think that it's only God's purpose for that to happen twice a year? No. It is God's purpose, Brother Lanza, for it to be in each and every one of our services. That is on the mind of God. When we come through the door, God's purpose is to heal somebody. God's purpose is to deliver somebody. God's purpose is to give you strength, to give you encouragement, to give you peace, to give you love, to give you all of that. And here is the key. It all wraps up to seeing the purpose of God fulfilled. It begins with one thing, and that is worship. Prophetic worship. During prophetic worship, those who are engaging in worship are actually engaging with the Holy Ghost. That's when God speaks. God can do more in a worship service, Sister Brooks, than he can do through the preaching of this word right here. Why? Because we're focused on him. We're worshiping him. We're praising him. We're giving him adoration. We're saying, you know what, God, I know that you can do this. We've got to embrace and engage with God. Our desire should always be to see what the Father is doing and to do that. You come into church and you feel God moving and you look around and you see God touching somebody over there. It's just not that corner. It needs to be this section. It needs to be that section. It needs to be that section. Why? Because it's God's desire to touch every person. In this building. And we, if God's healing over there, then we, we need to understand that's his purpose. And then we don't, we don't need to move on. We don't need to flow away from that. We need to focus 
on the purpose of God. And if God healed one person, I don't believe God just steps in here with the spirit of healing to heal one. I don't believe God steps in here through our prophetic worship and worshiping him just to deliver one. I don't believe God just shows up just to bless one. But the problem is we leave so many times unblessed, untouched because we're not tapping in to the purpose of God. Hallelujah. We're not touching his throne. We should desire to see that every day of our life. What, as we carry out what's on God's heart, to do in a now moment of worship, that is when people are touched. That is when people are delivered. And that is what people are transformed. That is key number one, a prophetic worship. Or it's part of it, is you will have an, an encounter with God. And when we, how many of you ever been experiencing a now moment of worship where God just floods you and knocks you to the floor or calls you to go crazy? We are apostolic, right? And we do believe in the manifestation of the power of God. But when we get into a now moment, and it doesn't just have to be in this church service. It could be in your car driving down the road where the spirit of God and you're in tune with God. And you're starting to worship him. And then all of a sudden it just tears start dry, uh, rolling down your face where you've got to pull off the side of the road because you can't see where you're going. You see, that's a now moment. And that's when God is getting ready to pour something into you. It's not time to wipe away the tears and just continue going on down the road. It's time to pull off to the side and begin to cry out to him in a prophetic worship. God, I know, Lord, you said my family's going to be saved, and I believe it. God, you said I'm going to be healed, and I believe it. And that now moment of worship, that's when God steps in. And we are changed. We are touched. And we are transformed. Three ways prophetic worship can change your life in the lives of those that you lead. And we lead in worship. Every time we come to this church, it's just not these singers up here that are leading in worship. It's every member of this congregation. As we worship God, we are encountering him and we are encountering his purpose. Number one, you will encounter God. The highest purpose of worship is to commune with God. God created us to have a face-to-face -face relationship with him. We have a responsibility to the city and to everyone sitting around us that we will place the emphasis on worship because worship brings in the spirit of God and we will have an encounter with God unless you don't want that encounter. Unless you don't want to leave changed. Unless you don't want to be healed. Unless you don't want to take that first step on the salvation train to glory. Amen. But if you believe what I'm preaching to you today, that you have an opportunity to get in, 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 in tune with the mind of God, God will change absolutely everything about our life. A traditional view of worship is that it is one way giving our love to God. However, prophetic worship is two ways. Prophetic worship is a two-way street. Amen. That is when heaven is touching earth. During prophetic worship. Now, this is what God just kind of started dealing with me about. So, y'all just got to give me the time to do it. Amen. During prophetic worship, we are encountering God. We're not encountering anything else. We are encountering God. And we will, and we are letting him know that I believe what he is going to do. Prophetic worship is simply stating, God, I believe it. I believe Rachel's going to be sitting in church. I believe my grandkids are going to be saved. I believe my brother's going to be saved. I believe, I believe it, God. But God, I believe more importantly than anything, you have a desire to do something special in this service. Not just during a revival, not just during any other time. God, I know that you got something special 
in tune with this. And so, God, therefore, I'm going to start proclaiming it. I'm going to proclaim that miracle. I'm going to proclaim that healing. I'm going to proclaim that deliverance. I'm going to proclaim that victory. Uh, can, we, can we just do that right now? Can we just lift up our hands? And I know, I know it's a little weird for Sunday, but listen to me. If you will just entertain in a prophetic atmosphere of worship, God will move in your situation and it will be an encounter that will change your life. During prophetic worship, during prophetic worship, as your heart and your voice is raised towards Him in adoration, that is when He comes down and He begins to touch you. You are being touched by God right now. If you are just lifting up your hands and you are just giving Him adoration. God, you're so good. God, I know. I know it looks bleak. I know it looks rough. But God, I know you are going to do it. God, I know you are going to heal. You see, when we start giving him that adoration that's when he comes and touches you you are hearing his voice you are hearing the whispers of the spirit of your heart you see you can during a time a prophetic worship you can catch a glimpse you can catch a glimpse of who Jesus Christ really is. Why? Because what prophetic worship really is, it's saying, God, I know that in the heavens that you've already healed me. God, I know you've already given this church a building. God, I know you've already moved in this city. I know you touched every drug addict. I know that you've already, God, it's all established. It's all finished up in heaven. But what prophetic worship does is when we begin to proclaim what God's thoughts, what God's intention and what is going on in heaven, that is when heaven will come and meet us here on earth because what we're basically saying is God I know you've already got it done and I'm going to rejoice for it right now and I'm going to prophesy it right now and I'm going to believe it right now ah God what you mean to be done here on earth is already done in heaven and I'm not going to wait till it gets here to rejoice for it I'm going to go ahead and prophetically claim it I'm going to go ahead and prophetically embrace what you're doing. There's that song says, I wonder what it feels like when heaven touches earth. You want to know? Move yourself into a realm of prophetic praise. And when you do that, you will feel what it feels like when heaven comes to earth. You see, enemy, if he could take our worship, he take our joy, he takes our zeal, he just, we, we just get kind of locked up. But God says, my church is a prophetic church. My people are a prophetic people. Hey, listen, how many of you, how many of you, uh, people have said, you know what, she's not going to make it. He's not going to make it. How many times you thought, I'm not going to make it through this. I'm not going to see my way out of this. I don't know how this is going to happen. But somewhere along the line, God had a purpose. And God had a plan. And heaven touched earth. And it changed your life. And you are sitting here today because of the goodness and the mercy and the grace of God. But what prophetic worship does is it catches a glimpse of who Jesus is and his purpose for your life. And it transforms you. You are growing in intimacy with him. The closer I get to him, the more anointed I'll be. The closer I get to him, the better off I'm going to be. The closer I get to him, he's going to hear me. See, we were driving home this past week, and uh, we, were, we had the, the travel trailer behind us, and we were cranking up the road trying to get home. And uh, there was no signs on the road that said, 
this lane was closing or anything like that. And uh, there was this one of those V-dot things with the little arrow and it had the, the, the metal thing behind it, you know, where a big metal block thing or whatever. I was cranking up the road about 80. And that thing was in the middle. It was in one of those little pull-off things. And I'm driving down the road flying, you know, trying to get home to get to church. But that thing, that, that, I, it was on the side of the road. And then a couple minutes later, I looked up, and it was in my lane. And I was about from here to Sister Windsor, and there was a car right over here. I had no place to go. Only thing I said is like, oh, Lord. And then the next thing I know, I'm slamming on the brakes. And, then, you know, you're pulling an 8,000-pound trailer behind you. There's a, those things don't stop. But that thing just kept going. That car just moved over, and our car just went right on over. That is because of God's protection, because I'm close to him. That's what I want. That's prophetic praise. Prophetic praise at that moment wasn't hallelujah, all this. Stuff. It was like, oh, God, Jesus. Prophetically, I'm believing you're going to move that thing out of my way. You see, God can touch what's in your mind, and he knows what you're speaking without what you're thinking, without you ever speaking it. But let me tell you something. When we carry ourselves in a way of prophetic worship, God will show up. There is no doubting it. But also, come on, devil. See, right now I'm using somebody else. See, when we start prophetically claiming stuff, the enemy, he comes, starts knocking. When we start worshiping for stuff that we don't have yet, but we know God's going to give it, and we start believing God's going to do this miracle in our lives, do you think he's going to stand back and not let you, not attack you, and just let you go with it? Because he understands, if I can't get my hands on him now, if I can't slow him down now, if I can't stop him now, he's going to take my kingdom. He's going to take my city. Be why? Because he wants to stop you from fulfilling the will of the Lord in your life. But I come to tell somebody to get a little prophetic worship in your spirit today and say, hands off of me, Satan. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm going to be victorious. Come on, don't let the enemy take your victory. Don't let the enemy take your miracle. Don't let him take your prophetic word. Don't let him take what God's already done for you. Oh, how quick we forget what God has done. I wish I had an apostolic church that's full of worship here because that was a word that was just dropped into your lap this morning. Ah, ah, yes, I'm going to keep my miracle prophetically, prophetically. No matter what the enemy brings my way, no matter what looks like it's a defeat, God's going to turn it around. You see, the closer you get to God, the greater you will see God and the greater you will feel God. Listen, I'm putting on the pastor hat. You cannot expect to walk in prophetic worship if you're not worshiping at home. If you're not reading your word at home and you're not praying at home, you can't expect the miracles of God to flow in your life the way God wants them to flow. Just think about your spouse. If you don't talk to your spouse, that relationship's going to be strained. If you don't show your spouse that you love her or him, that relationship's going to be strained. And what the enemy wants to do to you today, and it's been since the revival, he's been trying to bring a strain in your relationship with God. Because he knows we were changed during that week. This church was changed. Our mindsets were changed. But we got to continue moving forward in that change. And we got to continue pushing our way into that new territory. And we do it through prophetic worship. But folks, the enemy is slick. He knows what has worked on you in the past. 
He's not going to bring a new attack. He's not going to bring a new battle. He's going to bring that same thing that's always hindered you along the way. And you say, well, God, or pastor, God delivered me from that mindset. God delivered me from that. God delivered me from this. You're right. He did. So when the enemy comes knocking, don't embrace it. Don't take back ownership of it. Put your hand out and say, not today, God. Not today, buddy. Uh-uh. I've been delivered. Prophetically, yeah. Now, pastor, I, you don't know what's going on in my mind. Yeah, I do. Because God showed me. Some of you are thinking, it's always been that way. I'm always up and I'm always down and I'm always this and I'm always that. I want to tell you, it's not you. It is the enemy attacking you. And if you will just simply say, I'm standing on my feet today in prophetic praise and prophetic worship. I'm embracing what God did for me. Now listen, you got to change your mind. Yes, yes. And it's not easy to do. It's not easy to fall back in that same category. And pastor, why? Because my wife just... She, I was dealing with some stuff. You know, 50 hasn't been good so far. One week, foot still hurting, throat's all cold, all that. Man, isn't it nice in here today? But my wife, I was talking to my wife about something. And she said, you know, you're a half empty kind of guy. Every time you see a situation or you think of something, you, you look on the negative side and not the bright side. She said, you know, that's the trick that the enemy has always played on you. And I was like, you know what? She's absolutely right. Absolutely right. I don't know about you. How many of you ever went to school and come home and your parents are no longer in the house and your furniture is no longer in the house and you're just, you're just walking into an empty house? You have no idea where your parents are. You have no idea where your family is. You know, so the enemy starts kind of starts working with some stuff on you. And over the years, we start buying into that stuff. But here's what the, when she said that, kind of a light bulb went off in my mind. We have to retrain ourselves to instead of looking at the negative, at least with me, looking at the negative, I've got to look at what God is doing and what God has done and what God is going to do. So I'm not saying if you, you sitting here and you're battling with thoughts and things like that, that it's going to be a quick fix. It's not. But you can retrain your process of thinking through prophetic worship, through belief in God, that God delivered me. Anybody here, God delivered during the revival? God touched during the revival? God gave you victory during that revival? Do you know that it wasn't just for that day? It wasn't for just that week. It was for the rest of our life, Sister Brooks. God has given us that victory day in, day in, day in. And I, mercy, shall restore. So whatever the enemy has been bombarding you with is if you will just stand up and say, you know what, God, I know you're going to restore it. You can take my jacket today, devil, but when I wake up in the morning, it's going to be sitting right there in my house. You can't, you can't mess with me anymore. It's a mind shift. It's a mind shift change because God is getting ready to blow this city apart. God is getting ready to blow this city apart. Why? Because we are in the end time. And there's going to be an end time revival where God's going to see our city saved. Amen. Number two, you will be impacted by God's power. You will be healed. You will see the healing power of God at work in you, with you, and through you. You will see impartation and freedom. When you begin to get into that presence of God, and prophetic worship. And I know it, 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 it's, it's, you know, Pastor, why, why? Because there's a key here that we're missing. 
it's not just a one service thing. It's just not something I'm going to prophetically claim that building. I'm going to prophetically claim that miracle. Just that one service or that one week, Brother Lanza. We got to get that mindset of prophetic worship day in and day out, day in and day out, day in and day out. Remember the goodness of the Lord. So when you go in, grow into intimacy with him and, and you get into his presence, I guarantee you, you will be impacted by God's power. And God will heal you. You don't need an elder. You don't need a pastor to come and lay hands on you. And we will. We, I'm not saying that to get out of doing anything. I'm just saying the same Holy Ghost that's inside me, the same power that's inside the elders of this church is inside of you. It's just the mindset that God is going to heal me. And God is going to deliver me. You will be impacted by his power. You will see his power. You're walking down the street. And God says, go pray with that lady. Go pray with that lady. Prophetically, God's telling you, look, she's not acting like she needs it. She's not acting like she wants it. But I'm telling you, she needs my touch. Do you believe God is not just wanting to touch you? He's wanting to touch our city. He's wanting to touch our friends. He's wanting to touch our neighbors. Listen, it's not up to them. It's up to us to be obedient to the word of the Lord. And God says, go pray with her. And you're at Walmart and you ask somebody, can I pray with you? It seems like you're having a bad day. And I promise you, if they say yes, and you reach over there and you begin to pray with her right there at that line, that's when you're going to see heaven meet in earth. Because that's when you're using that prophetic move of God and, and God will touch them and God will heal them and God will use you. God will use you to get it done. After all, we are his hands. We are his feet. I don't know about you, but there's nothing greater than seeing somebody be set free from bondage. Having somebody healed by God's touch. As our heart is lifted in love and worship to God, we are, all, we are more open towards him than we are at any other time. When we worship him and we are giving him prophetic worship and we are just giving him worship, that is when our heart is open to him more than any other time. Why? Because we are giving him adoration. We are thanking him for what he's been to us, what he has done for us, how he has healed us, how he has kept us. Amen? Anybody here today understand that when you worship God, that is one-on-one -on -one communication with God. And I, I, I believe in prayer. I believe in prayer. I believe prayer is important. I believe prayer changes things. But in order for our prayers to make it through, I believe we got to be a worshiper. I believe we cannot allow the enemy to tie our hands, our feet, our minds down any longer. Why? Because worship opens up a portal. It draws in the spirit of God. And when that portal is open and the presence of God comes in, that's when our, 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 our prayers are going up. That's when he's hearing our prayers. And then he begins to dispatch the healings, the miracles, the signs, and the wonders. Worship is the key. Hear me today. As you worship God, God is releasing something into your life. You know, I've heard it said so many times. People say, I can't worship like I used to. I'm older now. I can't worship like I used to. You're right. You can't worship like you used to. But that doesn't give you the right to not worship. Young people, young people, you don't have a right to not worship God. You don't, have a, you don't have a right to not lift your hands and praise God. You don't have a right to lift your feet. You know, Sister Grimes, she can't walk around and run around this building anymore, but she stands, she worships God. But that does not stop you, young people, from taking up her mantle and saying, you know what, I'm going to shout for you. I'm going to dance for you. I'm going to run around this building for you. Why? Because we are a team. I understand we can't do it like that anymore. But we're still going to worship because worship is the key. Worship. 
there's a song that says, this is how, how's it go? This is how we overcome, through our worship. And I wasn't getting on our older people. I thank God for them. Thank God for their wisdom. And I, nobody, here, uh, nobody here has that mindset. I was just making an example. I've heard it so many times from so many different people. I can't worship like I used to. Yes, you can't do it like you used to, but you still must do it. Amen? Because worship is the key. See, because when you worship God, when you, there's just something. I, uh, there's a young man in this church that I've watched for years. And uh, people would say, man, you got to go have a talk with them. You're, you have to do this or you have to do that. And I just, I look at people and I watch people. And as long as people are moving forward in God, I'm going to leave it alone unless God's banging me over the head. But. You know, when you see somebody come in church, it's just, they've been in church, and they're just standing, they're not really doing much. But once you start, you, you, you look back there, and you see their feet start to move once. And you think, uh-huh, yeah, God's getting ready to do something there. And a couple weeks later, the hand lifted up. That wasn't because of me. It was the power of God. The power of God was in the house because of the worship of God's people. But you see, worship will change your life. Worship will change your life. Because there's nothing else. You see, Brother Lance, I'm not worshiping him for the miracles. I'm not, I praise him for those. There's a difference between worship and praise. I'm praising him for the miracles and the touches, but I'm worshiping him for who he is. He saved me. He's God Almighty. Hallelujah. You see, and when we begin to worship him with a clear mindset that God is going to do it, no matter what, we begin to be, God begins to release in our lives an impartation. And when that impartation hits us, we can't contain ourselves. You know, there's a song that says, uh, pardon me for a moment while I have a jubilee. Is that kind of like the, you know what? We all, that should be our main thing is, you know what? I don't care what anybody else is looking at. I don't care what anybody else is doing. God has touched me. God has healed me. So pardon me for a moment while I have a jubilee. God, I thank you for taking the drugs away. God, I thank you for delivering me. But God, above it all, I thank you for saving me. You see, because when you begin to worship, there is a transformation that happens to you. How many of you ever been in your home and you've just been weary and worn out and all of that stuff? And then you go and you put in a little bit of worship music. Doesn't it change the atmosphere of your home? Doesn't it change the atmosphere of your car? Doesn't it change your mindset? Why? Because when worship is being carried out, an impartation is coming. I don't know about you, but I don't want to take a church service without an opportunity for impartation. That could be God filling somebody with the Spirit. God's releasing His nature into somebody. He's giving somebody faith. He's giving somebody courage. He could be touching Bailey over there with courage. He could be touching Sister Z over there with hope. And he could be touching Brother Z Lanza there with, with, with some strength. You don't never know what your neighbor's going through. But I can promise you this. If you will worship God, you will pull them into that level with you. You will discover every time we come together that God is releasing his agenda on the church. God has an agenda. That's right. Yes, he does. Every time we come together, God has a plan. 
it is up to you and I if we are going to lock hands with God in that plan. And I am just crazy enough to believe that God will show us his plan before we ever step into that door. If we begin to pray, God, what's your agenda for Sunday? God, what do you want? You want healing? You want miracles? You want deliverance? What, what, what do you want to do here today, God? What do you want to do this week? I promise you, when you begin to prophetically worship, God, this is what I feel like you're wanting to do. God, I know heaven I know it's already done in heaven. I know you've already healed us. I know you've already touched Brother P. But God, I thank you right now. God, for healing his body. God, I thank you right now for touching Sister Grimes. God, I thank you right now for your protection. Why? Because prophetically, I know you've already done it. And God, I know you've got an agenda. God, I know that you've got a purpose. His power, that's his agenda. His agenda is every time we are together in a church service, every time we are in our prayer closet, every time we sit down to read our word, God's agenda is to pour out his power on you and into your life and to heal you and to set you free and to fill somebody with his spirit. Psalms chapter 107 verse 20 says. And he sent his word. And healed them. And delivered them. From destruction. If you're not praying. How are you going to hear his word? If you're not worshiping. How are you going to hear his word? He said he sent. His word. And healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Folks, that's worship music right there. Because God, your word says I am free. God, your word says I am healed. God, your word says I have victory and not defeat. God, your word has come and it's delivered me. And it's delivered me from my destruction. Listen, during prophetic worship, the now word of healing can come from the throne of heaven. The now word of deliverance can come from the throne of God. Now check this out. I thought this was pretty interesting. As David played his harp to Saul. Everybody know that kind of story, right? An evil spirit will come upon Saul. Attitude will come upon Saul. He get all mean, all hateful because of this demonic spirit that came upon him. And then they would summon for David. And check this out. As David played his harp to Saul, the demonic oppression that was on Saul lifted. The demonic oppression that was on Saul was lifted. Why? Why was it lifted? Only when David came to play. Only when David started to strum his harp is when the demonic oppression would leave. You see, it left because of the anointing that was on David's worship. It was lifted. That demonic spirit was lifted not because of the talent, not because David was a beautiful heart player, but because David had a heart of worship. It was the anointing that was on David's worship that made that demonic spirit leave. Folks, when we come together, we must have a heart of worship because it is our anointing. It is through worship where God flows. It is through worship where God will touch us. It is through worship where the evil demonic spirits. And you know what? It's true today. The story I just said, you play worship music in your house. There's a spirit in your house, a flow in your house, an argument. You know, if you had an argument with your spouse, I know me and my wife never argue, so we're perfect in that way. I learned a long time ago, just shut up. But... Might not make it to 51. 
But you see, when you start to play that worship music, it's not the beat. It's just the spirit, the anointing of worship. Because worship draws the presence of God. And where God is, darkness cannot be. Where God is, problems cannot be. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. That liberty comes through our worship. And so it was because of David's anointing. It was because of the anointing that was on David's worship. The same thing can happen to us every time we come together. If we will just come together with prophetic worship and worship and believing that God's going to do everything, it can change the entire course of our church. During spirit-led, spirit-breath worship, praise team if you'll come, is when God's power is being released in our service. You had a, a, it is when you begin to just dive into the spirit and dive into what God is doing and allowing God to breathe on you. That is when the power of God's being released in our service. But I come to tell you that we can expect miracles and we can expect healings to break out in an in, in atmosphere of prophetic worship, touching lives and others around us every time we come together. It's just not special services. It's just not this. But the enemy's knocking. He's trying to get us distracted. He's trying to get that momentum stopped. Why? Because he knows we're getting ready to take our city. Number three, you will discover a powerful breakthrough, the powerful weapon of breakthrough. Second Chronicles chapter 20, you can read it when you get home. It talks about King Jehoshaphat. He sent the musicians. It's not coincidence. I called them up here right now. King Jehoshaphat sent the musicians ahead of his army. When the children of Israel were going through, Moses put his rod down. Who were the first ones to cross? The worshipers, tribe of Levi, the praisers. Why is that? Because worship always precedes miracles. You see, King Jehoshaphat, he sent his army to praise and to worship God. And after the worshipers went forward, the enemy was destroyed by the power of God. Folks, whatever's going on in your life, you can't defeat it on your own. You can't beat it on your own. You can't change your mindset on your own. But if you will allow the spirit of prophetic worship or just simply worship go before you, I promise you God will show up and you will walk through on dry ground and you will be broken into a new dimension and you will be broken into a new creature in Jesus Christ. If we'll all stand, listen to pastor today. I know it's not a normal Sunday shouting all around message. But we have to establish some perimeters, per, per, preempt, whatever, boundaries to what we want to be. You see, prophetic praise celebrates the fulfillment. Everybody, everybody just catch this. Prophetic praise celebrates the fulfillment of God's promises in the spiritual realm before they ever, ever, ever are manifested in the natural realm or the physical realm. It is also spirit-led proclamation of who God is declaring his attributes, his greatness, and his power. See, this makes it a powerful weapon of spiritual warfare. And while we know that an open heaven is our inheritance, I preached about that last year or earlier in the year, about we're working under an open heaven. God is desiring to give you the heart's desire. God is desiring to heal. God is desiring to use you. Why? Because we are working under an open heaven. But we also need to know that there are times when we just simply have to fight. We simply have to fight for what belongs to us. Sometimes, church, you have to fight 
to keep that word. We're not always going to walk in that immediately. Sometimes we have to fight for that word. And that's why I feel like we are right today as a church. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I feel like some of you need to contend for what belongs to you. Some of you need to contend for the miracle that God has already given you. For the word that God has already blessed you with. You see, during the times that you need to contend for your atmosphere around your life, over those you lead, when you turn to prophetic praise and prophetic worship, as you do, you will enter into a realm of breakthrough. Do you have a passion to encounter God through worship, or are you just content on coming and being entertained? I brought the praise team up here. I don't know what they're going to sing. I didn't tell them what to sing. I didn't tell them what to do. But here's what I feel like we need to do right now. We need to lift our hands and lift our voices and contend for what God has already done. You need to prophetically remind Satan that God has already healed you, that God has already delivered you. And you have to ask God. You have to dig in yourself. You got to dig down into yourself and say, God, do I have a passion to encounter you in worship? It's not about anything else. It's not about do I have a passion to come to church. It's not about do I have a passion to serve the Lord. But God, do I have a passion to worship you? No matter what's going on in my life, God, can worship reign supreme in my life. Because what you're passionate about will always come out of you. God's wanting to deliver somebody of a mindset right now. Joe, don't buy into it. You are victorious. You are anointed. God has called you for a time such as this. Janet, you are healed. Lord, you me. Are you, you ready me. to contend? Are you ready? This altar's open. Are you ready to contend for a passion of worship? God, I want my worship to reign supreme in my life.